Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. We're traveling on the road this week, so we apologize for the less than stellar audio quality. We'll be back in the Art Tactic Podcast studio in New York recording episodes next week. We have a really interesting episode for you this week. I've wanted to have someone on the podcast to talk about museums, specifically in the U.S., because they get so much of their funding from from philanthropy. Um, and um, in light of the controversy at the Whitney, in which Warren Canders resigned from the board, I'm sure many of you are familiar with what occurred, um, I wanted to have someone on to talk about just the state of museums in the U.S. and what they're, how they're feeling, what they're thinking about, regarding philanthropy and their funding moving forward in response to this, really, this uh, Candors resigning from the board. And for those that aren't familiar with the story, Warren Candors was on the board at the Whitney. Um, He faced public scrutiny from protesters and even some artists ahead of the Whitney Biennial regarding how he earned some of his money, specifically from the company Safari Land that that he runs, that, among many things, sells tear gas to governments. And so we saw, we saw pressure, not only from protesters, but also artists who are participating in the biennial, leading up to the biennial. It kind of quieted down just a little bit, and the biennial uh, opened, and all the artists, except for one, participated. Then around midway through the biennial, multiple artists came out and said, we request that our artworks be pulled. Um, we can't be associated with this show as long as Warren Canders is on the board. In response to that, Warren Canders decided to resign from the board. And so this week's episode, we're chatting, we chat with Victoria Stapley-Brown. She's a former deputy museum's editor at the Art Newspaper. She wrote a fantastic piece in the Art Newspaper this past week on philanthropy uh, in the U.S. for museums, and especially in response to the Canders controversy. So definitely... Re- Recommend that you check out that article if you haven't already. And Victoria chats with us about really where the museum world stands following this resignation as a lot of broader questions are beginning to circulate within the museum world about philanthropy and museum funding. Victoria, thanks so much for chatting with us. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me. I think everyone agrees museums are important to our culture and to preserving art but they do require a significant amount of funding. And so as a result, we see a lot of private funding and philanthropists step up and help support these great institutions. In light of the Candor's controversy, is, has there been any consensus across the U.S. or even any guidance, really, for museums about what's deemed acceptable sources of funding in 2019? Well, first off, the Association of Art Museum Directors, the AMD, which issues best practice guidelines museums, for instance, on um, deaccessioning works of art and collections um, that really kind of serves as a blueprint for museum policy. Uh, they do not have guidelines on specific sources of funding in terms of the you know, source of income of donors, philanthropists, specific industries, for instance, um, that are considered acceptable or not. Um, I do think that the broader consensus is that there isn't a consensus. Um, Everyone I spoke with believes that it's contextual. For example, some communities um, have a lot of money from the industry, while other communities might object to funding from fossil fuels. Um, So it's really difficult to kind of do a blanket set of guidelines for the entire U.S. Um, And then, you know, there are other questions of where do you draw the line that makes something... Ethical or 
are unethical with Warren Candace, people who objected, uh, Gina Chen getting money from company that produces the tear gas canisters that were used on asylum seekers at the U.S. border, but something that might, you know, seem less contested, such as a food manufacturer, you know, that has implications for the environment. And so it's very difficult. It becomes a slippery slope. Where do you draw the line? What's considered ethical? What's considered unethical? Yeah. And as you said, there really isn't any guidance universally accepted about this. You mentioned in your article that there were a select number of museums that have begun implementing certain policies regarding who they will, or maybe even more specifically, who they won't accept gifts from, um, such as the Sackler family, right? Museums also have their own gift acceptance policies. Um, For instance, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York um, updated and formalized its gift acceptance policy in May. Um, and they also announced that they were suspending accepting gifts from members of the Sackler family who um, were associated with Purdue Pharma, Pharma and um, uh, profited from the sale of oxycodone, um, and which has you know, um, allegedly fueled the opioid uh, epidemic in the U.S. Um, the museums do have their own internal guidelines in terms of what they will and won't accept. What isn't really clear is still what, you know, industries that involved here, the Met clearly drew a line and they said that it was precipitated in part because of scrutiny of recent gifts from the Sackler family. Um, but it tends to be more, they say, you know, Dan Rice also said that they wouldn't accept gifts that weren't in line. Uh, Dan Rice, sorry, the um, president and CEO of the Met, he that they wouldn't accept gifts that didn't align with their values, um, but it's kind of more of a fuzzy definition of what those values actually are um, in terms of specific industries that would align with that or not. They aren't as clear about that. And when you spoke to these different museums, was there a sense of nervousness about the potential impact that this might have on future funding of museums in the U.S.? I mean, is there a fear that philanthropists may be less likely to give generous donations or want to sit on boards of museums as a result of really this new world in which everyone may be severely scrutinized for how they made their money over some other kind of activities. And this could be something they've done recently or many years ago that's um, brought back up again. Well, it's funny because I asked um, Max Anderson, who is, was formerly the director of the Whitney Museum, um, if about museums would be more skittish about who they accepted on their boards. And he said, you know, actually the more important question is, will people be less likely to give and less likely to want to be on boards and under that amount of scrutiny? And um, in a statement to us, Adam Weinberg, the director of the Whitney, had a similar sentiment. You know, he expressed confidence that he didn't think that these gifts were going to stop anytime soon, but said something like, you know, she would hate if the people that support our mission um, to promote American art was discouraged from doing so. I think, I think um, museums are definitely looking at this issue. They definitely have to think about it. Um, I don't think it's going away. And it's something that they're certainly talking about in the institutions and most likely meeting with each other to talk about it, I would, I would say. Um, but, you know, I think people are concerned about it, but I don't think it's a catastrophe. I've read some pieces that are 
you know, is, is this a catastrophe for American museums? Is this a catastrophe for U.S. philanthropy? I think that that would be a strong word. I don't think that the system is going to change anytime soon or that people are going to be entirely discouraged from giving to institutions. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, is there an expectation within the museum world that there will be not only more, but maybe many more controversies like the Candor's one um, across the country where protesters, maybe even artists, um, bring attention to activities of a board member or a major donor um, that may and may call on them to resign or not be affiliated with the museum any longer. Um, we're a lot the president and CEO of the American Alliance for Museums um, did say that um, in a statement that there you know would undoubtedly be um, more situations like this. Um, and I, I think it would be naive to think that there wouldn't. Um, you know, there's such a increased interest in social justice issues, economic justice issues. And museums are special kinds of cultural institutions. You know, you don't, the similar donors are, might be giving to institutions like the opera or orchestras, but um, because so many people go to museums and they're so public-facing and they have so many social missions there and they have programs for um, all sorts of people in the community, they do face more public scrutiny. Um, Dan Weiss was saying that he thinks it's wonderful that museums in the past two decades have been doing more and more for the community, but with that comes a greater amount of scrutiny. So this is something that I think museums specifically among all cultural institutions in the U S which all depend a lot on private philanthropy in general, it's a lot more of an issue for them, but I don't think that this is going to go away. And I know at the beginning of the podcast, I asked you if there was any consensus or any guidance available to museums on how to handle these kind of situations. And you said there wasn't. Assuming these keep occurring in the future, do you expect the museum industry to make any drastic changes because of this? I think conversations are probably happening about this. Um, I know people are talking about how to how to handle these situations, but I don't think that from everyone I spoke to um, that it's anywhere near, you know, being codified certain industries maybe that are acceptable, um, you know, for donors to be affiliated with. Um, I don't know about guidelines in terms of what to do in these situations in terms of response to uh, pressure, um, both from inside institutions and outside institutions. It's interesting to note that at the Whitney, it was um, a letter from staff um, about 100 staff members, I believe, has signed a letter about, uh, you know, Warren Candor's being on the board. Um, so it's coming from inside the institutions as well and the people that work there. Um, but I don't, I don't see in the near future, it doesn't seem like anyone sees, for example, the AMD issuing specific guidelines about this. It's kind of something nobody wants to touch in a definitive way for many reasons. And, you know, one is just the basic, system of American philanthropy and how cultural institutions are run and how they're funded. And they really do depend on private philanthropy. So, um, you know, Mark Sanders has said that it would be difficult to find sources of funding that are beyond reproach. Um, and I think to an extent that, you know, that might be true. I think that it's a larger issue that has to do with, um, wealth inequity and, you know, 
who has money to fund things. And so there's a whole conversation um, to be had there that goes well beyond this. But I think that basically the institutions depend on this money. And I don't think that anyone is going to tell um, institutions from certain individuals. Victoria, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with us about this important issue that's facing museums across the country. I think it's an issue that, uh, you know, this situation's ongoing and it'll be interesting to monitor um, how things look six months, a year, two years from now. Um, But we really appreciate you coming on and shedding some light as to what museums are thinking at the moment in light of some of the recent controversies we've had. So thanks so much again. Thanks so much, Adam. It's great talking.